Alright, so we got part two of this um, cool dialogue that we've been having. And like I said in the earlier show, um, I just really enjoy just having this open dialogue and Q&A about cryptocurrency with people who really don't know much about cryptocurrency. It really helps even me understand it more. And so if you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, uh, make sure you go back and listen to that because this literally just dives right into part two, which is the remainder of our show. Okay, so uh, stay tuned. Don't move a muscle. I'm going to go ahead and drop part two right now. And then afterwards, I'll do a little bit of unpacking and then we'll be good to go. So hold tight. What I know in this contract, when I do this, is I know the money's gonna be there. You can't cheat me. You can't do that. Because not a bank connected to a, you know, government, you can't hold my funds, right? Matter of fact, you can't even know what I'm buying or what I'm getting it from, who I'm sending it to, because it's all encrypted. Matter of fact, you don't even know what my bank account is, because that's where it exists, in my pocket. Or, right here in my head, So what do you think about that? So it's not regulated. There's like there's no governing body who can see how it works. But this is what you have to understand. Why do you need it? And see, this is why you really have to understand. I mean, it's real. You have to understand who and why it was created for. It was created for a group of people that are tired of being manipulated by banks. That's really what it comes down to. They're tired of being manipulated by systems of people who pull their... At the end of the day, that's what stops any market from growing. We were talking just about the difference between guys. The only thing that stops you guys from blowing up is the fact that, honestly, you don't have people putting money in. You don't have banks that are allowing people to get a loan to do this and do it in a way that doesn't try to kill them. They should come in here, and you can still run everything you want to do to give me a 2%, 1% loan and allow me to go build right now and build my own this type of thing. But instead, you're going to hit me right. You'll hit me with 29 and 30 and 50% because I'm African. United States, they do the same thing for me. Black people live in this little area right here. I apply for a loan. They see that zip code. They do this thing called redlining. And I get a higher interest rate than I do if I live over here. Okay? So it happens around the world. It's, in Egypt. it's just how it happens. So to get out of a system where you have to do that, right? So now I can be a person, Carlton. I can be people with millions of dollars. Meet you if you want money to do an investment project or whatever. We don't have to go through a bank. We don't have to do any of that. We write up our own contract. We do everything. And through the the blockchain, right? You whatever project you're doing, doesn't matter what you're doing, you're building, okay? Well, we're gonna do each section like this right here. You'll get this draw once you send this in, automatic construction. You don't have to worry about if we're not gonna do it. If we, you know what I'm saying? Because everything is controlled on the block. That's why your IBM, all these people are moving to the blockchain. The blockchain is what runs cryptocurrency. So everybody who thinks everything about security is run the blockchain, why wouldn't your currency be there and be the best there too? You don't need no FDIC because it's protected by the blockchain. The problem is they can't get it on the blockchain. They know it. So they got to sell you on their blockchain where they can control it centrally. But that's not the rules of a blockchain. Blockchain is decentralization. They're trying to centralize it, which makes it different using blockchain technology. But because they, they understand the technology is the best. So they understand it's the best to do all these people. Think about all the companies now that are doing all this stuff in the blockchain, right? But we're talking about the OG, the OG, 
that has your money in it, that they know can't be beat, which is why they're invested in it. They're trying to tell you is isn't good enough for you to keep your money. Just think about it. So my whole point is if you get it today and it's the goal, what's gonna happen is like this. You can think of all coins almost like banks. So there's a master bank that has all the gold in it and all these other banks almost have to get gold from it. So all these old altcoins are really always just going to be compared to Bitcoin is really what it is. So almost everything is compared to the U.S. dollar. That's how altcoins will eventually look to Bitcoin. As the U.S. dollar fails and it goes away and does what all the other money does over time, the Bitcoin will be the, be the standard of measure. So the Bitcoin is just one type of um, cryptocurrency. The is that Bitcoin what it is? is the gold. It's gold. It's like digital gold. Right. It's Are there others, or it's just Bitcoin? Time. Okay. Yeah. But they can. They, but like I said, they call all, every other. It's literally every other coin, but Bitcoin. They call an altcoin, which is like alternative. Alternative to Bitcoin. Oh, right. So when I say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I should say that. Yeah. So when I say altcoin, it really just means alternative to Bitcoin. Okay. But it's still under the cryptocurrency industry. So, and this is the purpose. We'll give you some purposes, right? So remember I told you how long it takes to do a Bitcoin transaction. In fact, it could take a week, right? Depending on how much it is and all that kind of stuff. It could take a week. So, but we need to do this transaction today. Well, now I can be a person and say, okay, well, you know what? I'll take this transaction because I trust it and I'll pay you for him and I'll wait the week to get your money. But I might charge a couple of dollars to do it. But the transaction fees that I do are still nothing compared to a bank. I'm talking about pennies. pennies because I know how many transactions I'm doing a day. You feel what I'm saying? I'm not being greedy. And that's the difference between the system. The system is really about rewarding the people that are working. And the people that are really working are the people running the computers, really. And that's how the system continues to generate money. It's like the way it internally works itself. And it, 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 like I said, it's, it's actually very... The creator, they, 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 they actually put a lot of work into it. And, and when, when you kind of know the, how they did it, the way they did it is the way education should work, quite honestly. Because what, how, do you guys, well, you don't know about Bitcoin. I know this show's going way over, and I don't know if you it's want okay. this part of the show or not. But, but basically, the way they created Bitcoin was, there's this phantom guy, we're going to call him Satoshi. Because that's what they call him, Satoshi. Nobody really knows who he is. They think he came out of Japan, whatever. But at the end of the day, he's, he's, he's some professional hacker, I guarantee you. He's just some professional hacker. And basically networked with a bunch of professional hackers across the world. And he gave them small projects within this bit chain, big, you know, blockchain to solve. And they all did it, really, at will. Nobody was paying or anything. And they were just people who were really just interested in the movement. And he got so many hackers involved. So the way they actually created the system was one, as I said, that was designed, you know, essentially by hackers for the ability to be independent. You know what I'm saying? To not to be able to be messed with. You know what I'm saying? To be inhackable. To, yeah, to be right. inhackable and to have integrity. Because that's what it was all about. Because even as, because this is what you got to remember, the internet was never designed to be paid for. Right? The internet was st to stand for guys just want to communicate, and they saw it as a way to be able to communicate. Yeah. It wasn't until government hands and stuff that said, oh, no, no, we can, we can monetize it. And once one monetizes, now they all got to monetize it. So these are people saying, no, oh, this stuff is supposed to be free. All of this type of stuff is supposed to be free. And so this is their way of making at least this part of our life a little more free. All right, let me, let me, let me 
try to understand this more. If 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 I understand what you're saying, basically is that this is a better way to do transactions. One because um, you're not being controlled and tricked, and two, um, you're not being um, just a lower part of the bigger system. Correct. Now, um, even though you said it's unhackable, mm-hmm. we know everything is hackable okay. at I'm some not, point. This is not happening. I'll let you keep going. Go ahead. I, I understand your point. I understand your point. But I understand, yeah. I understand yeah. the logic. Let's put it like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So, um, what's the guarantee? There is that it's not going to be able to be hacked. It's, it's the same guarantee that you have in your bank. Right, and I mean, seriously, I'm not trying to be funny. When you invest in your 401k, when you invest in all this, it's the same guarantee. Because the real truth is everybody who put their money into those funds, bro, they thought they was guaranteed back, it wasn't. When the money wasn't there, the money just wasn't there. And guess what you did? You sold your yacht, you sold your extra house, you did all that stuff, or went back to work. My question really is not about the integrity of um, cryptocurrency. But it is, um, th- this is the angle I'm coming from. Obviously, if I understand it correctly, it will eventually um, replace normal currency and transaction as we know it. Now, the people that run the, the currency that we know now are not going to just let it go. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's why they're putting stop gaps in place to play in the game. Yeah. So, um, and also, if they find their way into this, they're obviously going to use the same motive that they're using um, now for the currency that we know. So how, and they're going to come hard. So how do you keep them away and keep this the way it is? Okay, so what you have to remember is that everything in life is about market share. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So if you think of the world as a global business and market share, all they want is their market share. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a group of people that's always going to be over here, but there's plenty of people that can continue to instill fear in it. They're not going to come away from their bank. They're always going to believe that good old Bank of America, good old whatever, Bank of Swiss, or, you know, whatever, is my best option because I'm getting my 10% return, I'm getting my 8% return, I'm making it sweet every now and then to lend you money, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, because you're not gonna go to Bitcoin and borrow money, right? You understand what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it is, it is actually just an active holding account where you know, the money could go up sometimes, go down, you shouldn't be thinking about it that way, you should be thinking about it as a, a place where you know you can safely keep your money, that more than likely the value will either stay the same or go up by some values, but that you can utilize that money any and everywhere you go. And you never have to worry about one day you're gonna wake up, you can't access it. Someplace is not gonna take it, it just has no value. The list goes on and on and on and on. And Greece, Zimbabwe, I mean, I mean, I'm just, I mean, these are things you've seen. You yeah. know yeah. that I'm not telling a lie about currencies truly. And I mean, and, and don't think for a minute these aren't governments purposely putting other governments in place to do this to devalue their money. I mean, this, this is just how this game works. Right? So this is history. You think over history. And all I was just saying is to, to play your money right that you've earned. I mean, seriously, I'm not trying to be funny that you've earned. 
But um, there are stories of other cryptocurrencies being hacked, right? Like, I'm just seeing something about Tether cryptocurrency that was hacked and they yes. lost a lot of money. Yes. And then apparently one of the largest big currency exchange companies yes. actually lost a lot of Bitcoin. 180 million. Yeah, so how does that... That's a very that's a really good question. Let me, let me address that. So, as Justin was explaining, you have Bitcoin, you have cryptocurrency. How the system works is, is basically a network of computers. So, let's say if I want to send a transaction to you. Before the money gets to you, it has to go through all these different checks. And each check has its own independent code or algorithm that it has to work out. So in order for me to hack into the system, in order to stop that transaction or to try to duplicate that transaction, I have to break into every single computer system almost simultaneously in order to do that. That's what makes the currency itself virtually unhackable because it's so, because the, the, the time, the energy... The complexity for someone to do that in succession is almost impossible. Mm. Of course, there's always that, that small chance. But to what you're saying is that when they're talking about hacking of cryptocurrencies, what they're really talking about is where the cryptocurrency is being held. So if it's in an a online wallet that's connected to the Internet, it doesn't have the right protocol the security around the wallet mm. a, a sophisticated hacker can break into that um, in this case the hacking was not while the transaction was happening because like I said the transaction can't be hacked but if, if it gets to your wallet and you don't have the right protections someone can hack into your wallet so right now in the industry there's, there, there's now certain um new safeguards and standards that's being placed around the security of wallets. Mm-hmm. So you have an online wallet and you have an offline wallet. If it's offline, it's safe. It's safe. But what happens is most people, when they do cryptocurrency trading or they're buying and selling, their wallet's either on their phone or on their desktop. Or if they're dealing with this one exchange, if you're buying and selling Bitcoin and any other cryptocurrency, a lot of people just leave the currency just in the cloud. So that's where you have these issues of hacking and these large issues, huge um, uh, hacking problems. So individuals can be hacked, but the system itself can't be hacked. Yes. Just like a person could come and steal your wallet, steal your ATM card, steal your identity. Or even break into a bank. So, so think about it. When you have cryptocurrency, you now become the bank. You don't have to go to a bank anymore to access your money. You are the bank. You're the teller. You're, 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 you're the vault. So you have to protect it. It's hackable. Like you personally. So is there, is, is there like an internet bank and can keep it where it can't be hacked? Because if you're saying if I have it, I can be hacked. I wouldn't want to. Well, what's happening is that when people um, people start buying and selling cryptocurrency, um, 
it promises anonymity as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. If it goes missing, it's very difficult to track yes. where your coins have gone. Like, there's yes. not a trace to, to follow from the sounds of it. Exactly. So that's, 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 that's a, it's a positive and it's also a negative. Negative. The, the yeah. positive is that you don't have people, government, uh, third parties delving, in, delving into your personal transactions or how you're spending your money, which right now, whenever you use your debit card or credit card, that information, that data is being collected, whether to use it to figure out ways to mar- market goods to you or, 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 you know, do all different types of things, right? But like you said, the downside is that there's this issue of, okay, what happens if you can't trace it? And with this, this um, exchange that's lost $180 million, they've been trying to track what where this money is gone and it was very mysterious that the CEO died and then they said he was the only one who had the the passcodes <laughs> to to all these people's money because like I told you when people are making trades instead of them taking the coins offline they, they keep online. it in their online accounts at the exchange so now those coins are there the CEO takes all those coins and puts it onto an offline wallet that he only knows the passcode to. Then he dies and nobody else knows it. That's $180 million gone. Now, the funny funny part about the story I I did the uh, show yesterday is that they did an investigation and they found out that the majority of the wallets were already cleared out before he died. Which means that this was an opportunity to affect the perfect scam. Mm a fraud mm-hmm. by using the death of the CEO oh, to cover wow. up. Mm-hmm. So it's still like you're using a third party system to be able to, to trade or to be able to buy and sell but you still have to take possession of what you have and then treat it as if you are the bank. And treat it as if it's your wallet. Be responsible uh-huh. for your own money. That's it. That's okay. it. Another so some level of responsibility, yes, you have to have. Yes. You have to be an adult. Go ahead. I think another thing that I'm curious about is initially, I think one of the things I heard was the independence that um, Bitcoin, Bitcoin kind of gives you. Yes. You take control of your own money and all of that. But then I'm wondering how instrumental is the role of the intermediary, the Bitcoin intermediary, or exchange people, how instrumental are their roles in? Would you like to? Uh, so let me just see if I'm understanding. Are you, when you say the exchange, are you saying yes, just the, the, the One system? of the terms that I have here is that that company, I don't know how to pronounce the name, Quadriga. but they are the largest Bitcoin intermediary. So I want to really understand the role of the intermediary because Listening to it, I'm wondering if it bears any similarity to a bank. Like, I really want to understand the role of it's a Bitcoin intermediary. What's the name of the company? Mt. Mt. Gox. I don't know how to pronounce it. Probably be the. I think that's an exchange. I think it's an exchange. And if I'm pretty sure when we're when we're saying intermediary, we're talking about the same yeah. thing. We're saying it's, it's an exchange. Okay, so if you think about even just like the stock market is an exchange. Yeah, the London stock 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 yeah. exchange being good. That's so. just the place where people can basically trade their Bitcoin. Oh, okay. Yeah, so because uh, you have to have a place to do it, right? You yeah. Know, it just doesn't exist. So 
you have these different intermediaries, just like a stock exchange. That so one is just saying the value of it is this right now. Where I have some because at the end, okay, so let's okay. Actually, this helps make a lot of sense. This is helping make a lot of sense. Remember, I told you one day there'll be no more Bitcoin. So today, if you don't own any Bitcoin, but you need Bitcoin to do a transaction, you need to get it from somewhere. So you have to go to one of these exchanges or go somewhere, just like you go on the street, whatever, to get you know CD or whatever, yeah. to say, hey, I need some Bitcoin. But he's gonna sell it to you for whatever the rate is, or whatever he's willing to sell you that bit of Bitcoin for. Because think about it, right? You buy more, I'll sell it to you for less. You buy a smaller piece, it may cost you a little yeah. bit more. So, so I keep coming back to being gold. Once all the Bitcoin are gone and it costs this much, the man with Bitcoin might be a real fancy guy, right? So getting it for $3,800 today and it's worth a million, you could be a real fancy guy to spend $3,800. And, and, and I mean, and this is what Carlton was saying, this is a year and a half ago. No, yeah, no, not even a year and a half ago. It was last year, yeah. December. Touched $20,000. And I, I bought it the wrong way up, right? I think I bought like 15, 14, 15. I saw it go to 20 and I waited. I'm like, no, no, no. Then it started coming. I was like, no, it's going to go back. It's going to go back. Right? And then finally at nine, I sell it. But my point I'm making is you saw what it can do. Mm. And the volume hasn't changed. Meaning like when you looked at these intermediaries, these trading, every day, and I, I look at it literally by every day, every other day, and you look at the billion, it trades more than any of the major stock exchanges. Mm. So that means you have more money trading in Bitcoin than on your major stock exchanges. Do you understand what that means? Mm. When we say it's here to stay. It's here to stay. Because if it's adopted by these markets, they just aren't throwing it away. It's in. The money's in there. It's not just coming out. Like it just doesn't, boop, got, no. More is getting added to it. More is shifting. Yeah. And we can talk more about where it's shifting, how it's shifting, but more is just shifting. Just trust me. And when trust when I say every one of these people that say they aren't playing, are playing. And also, so I'm sorry, did that answer your question about the media? Because I know. Yeah, I, it okay. does. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, to your point, I think that um, probably the things that I had to really kind of wrap my head around with Bitcoin in particular was why, why, why do we need it, right? And Justin made a very good point is that imagine in the future you go online and you're shopping and you get to the checkout cart and the checkout says the checkout says we don't accept Visa MasterCard here, we only take Bitcoin. And you and you, you scratch your head and you're like, hold on. Well I have a bank card, I should be able to pay for it, because normally I can pay with my credit card. But imagine a world where the credit card, using a credit card, it becomes even more risky. Because, as you can see with the news, people's information is being lost, you hear these, these news about hacking and credit card information, and so, if you're holding Bitcoin, Bitcoin at one point in time, and maybe it'll be another currency as well, will be the currency that you use to do online transactions. Which means that if you can only use Bitcoin, that means everybody has to go and buy Bitcoin. If you don't already have Bitcoin in your wallet, you got to go and get it somewhere. Demand. You see. So we're now... We're now and, in a and this world. is what you have to start thinking about. I mean, just, just think about this moving forward. Just taking his example. 
And think about how many people around the world want to sell around the world, but they don't want to belong to a bank. They don't want to be that. They're going to tell you, you know, if you want to buy my stuff, you got to pay me in Bitcoin. Hmm. Well, let me play devil's advocate here. Yeah, just um, again, this is me playing devil's advocate. Sure, sure. Since um, cryptocurrency was created by um, a, a super hacker, mm-hmm. okay, could it not be that um, all these hackers that are under the super hacker? Uh, doing hacking all these um, uh, personal information and stuff just to create um, some sort of um, uh, panic mm-hmm. for people to move to cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't understand what you asked me. Yeah. They saying there's a super hacker creating a situation. No, um, can't remember the name of the guy, but started as um, cryptocurrency. So, what, the Satoshi guy. Satoshi, yeah, and he had. All these other hackers who are doing, um, uh, and I probably shouldn't call them hackers, you know. But I mean, essentially, they're just kind of rebellious compute. kind of guys. They're just get yeah, guys who are really, really good at yeah. computing, and they really yeah. believe in freedom of the, the internet. Yeah. The internet. All I'm saying is, what's to say that um, they haven't come together to plot a plan to basically um, create a panic so everyone will shift to cryptocurrency. Now, as you heard, I mean, so many great questions, so many thought-provoking things to to look at and to really measure up. Um, in fact, I think I need to do a part three. I think I may even have the the um, the continuation of our chat um, because that last question in particular was a pretty good one. And I'm gonna have to try to see if I can find it so you guys can hear the answer. But anyhow, hopefully you enjoyed that dialogue and in, and of course of course of course if you have any questions or comments you know you can email me at info at cryptosense.com there i can be able to respond pretty quickly i get so many emails guys so you know have some patience if if i don't get back to you um within the day hopefully within the two or three days i should be able to follow back but i answer all my emails Myself, I don't have anyone answering for me, so you're going to get a chance to talk directly with me or correspond directly with me. But if you have any questions that, that you want to talk more about that maybe you heard, you need to get more clarity on, um, hit me up. But definitely, hopefully, you enjoyed the dialogue and the conversation. Make sure you guys continue to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, all these social media outlets. I'm trying to get better at getting myself more astute with social media because it is so powerful and um i'm getting better at it this this year we're going to focus more on becoming more interactive becoming more engaging with our social media and other outlets okay so check us out check us out continue to check us out on um, these platforms And I look forward to getting to the next show. So hopefully that will be very soon. Stay tuned. And until next time, holla back.